Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Rick Gaiman here, joined by one Sia Najad. Sia, welcome. Happy to be here. I, I, I'm going to keep it at that because I was going to go into one and done, but no, I'm just going to keep it at that. Whoops, I already slipped. We will get to that in just one second. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, DFS preview for the Zurich. Lots to talk about, but first off, you feeling pumped? You feeling strong? You feeling ready to rock and roll? Yeah, sorry I was a little late. Um let's just say I'm, I'm ready for the playoffs. <laughs> there is a comment that says, uh, so it's a two-parter, I guess. EMR says, sorry, they might be a little late. Greg is late from his workout for Nerf basketball. And then DB hits us with a, what's he lifting? Cotton balls? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty <laughs> I, Yeah, fun. it is really funny. I got a question. Uh, what's heavier, a ton of cotton balls or a ton of bricks? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone knows it, it's a ton of bricks. It's cotton balls, but uh, the weight is, I'm, I'm not going to share. It's a lot. It's a lot of cotton balls. You're keeping the cotton ball companies uh, in business. Let me do a little bit of housekeeping here. <laughs> the official fan vote for the one and done. It is live in the description of this video and podcast. So go on, make sure you've got your selection in. Here are the caveats, gentlemen. want to get your thoughts on this because we were backstage talking about it and uh producer jacob who is the final say in all of it said uh pure chaos that's that's what he wants this week he wants pure chaos so sia we have to burn both golfers so you got to have both available and the payout is only one golfer's share so this week that's 1.2 million dollars that does sound like chaos to me it does. I, I kind of like it, actually. I mean, you know, if it's me, I'm wanting both payouts for both players because I'm at the bottom staring up at everybody else. With that said, I mean, listen, there's a lot of golfers to choose from. I, I've saved a lot of good golfers to my detriment, but, you know, I, there's a lot of golfers to go around. So I, I think it's fine to have to burn, too. The argument was that if we got the payout for both guys, it would basically be a major championship. And I don't think we want the Zurich Classic to be a major championship. And Greg, we think that this probably helps the fans the most. They have the most golfers available to them. You know, we, uh, the majority of us, not the fans, uh, probably can't play any of the top teams because we would have used one of them at some point. I feel like in this event, I've, I've thinned out, um, significantly a lot more than I did at this point last year, but it's still, it's such a cool event. Cause when you go team, you don't need both. You don't need two guys that are rock stars. I mean, there, there's a lot of really good options out here. It's just, it, it gets a little tricky and you get narrowed in, you get, you get put into a corner a little bit because you want somebody who has a chance to win, but have you used one of them? Like, I, I mean, the Fleetwood Garcia team is one I was looking at, but I use Sergio. 
um, earlier this year. So there's um, there, there's some challenges, and I think you're going to have to take a guy off the board this week that you don't want to, that you want to save, but you can't because you need you need to stay in the mix. And uh, it, it look, it's an important week, and it's one where you you should be able to get a really nice finishing position. But I, I think it's going to cost a lot this week. All right. Well, let's talk about the format. Before we dive into the fantasy side of things, CL, let's just talk about what the heck is going on. Zurich Classic in the fifth year of it being a team event. So there are 80 teams of two. That is 160 golfers. They will play two rounds of four ball. That is where everyone plays their own ball, lowest score counts for the team, also known as best ball. And they will play two rounds of four sums, which is alternate shots. So already see it out of the gate. It's going to be different than what we see on a regular basis, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And, and I think you're going to see some, you know, incredible scores, particularly on the, the best ball days. So and then with, with alternate shot, you have to consider your weakest link. How weak, how weak is that weakest link? Because it's going to really come into play when it comes to alternate shot. But, I, you know, I, it, that lends itself to the question, do, do you want two guys that are great? Or, you know, obviously, ideally, that's what you want. But there's only so many teams like that, and they're priced accordingly. Or are, are you going to end up preferring a guy who might be elite with a guy who might be a little erratic? And I think you could make arguments for both. Yeah, to see his point there, Greg, we've seen teams threaten 59 in the best ball format. We've seen 60s over the years. And then alternate shot, obviously, much more difficult. You know, two under par, probably a really good score in alternate shot. You might see somebody, some teams get to three and four or five. I think we saw at some points last year, but it's just completely different dynamic. And we end with the alternate shot. So it's, uh, I like that. They flipped it from a couple of years ago. It's smart to end on alternate shot. Well, um, uh, there are arguments for both ways, but it, it definitely leads to some more volatility. The team has to gel more in alternate shot. Uh, I mean, you have one guy go out and shoot 63, and that's the worst you can do in, in best ball so or better ball. So it, it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic. Do you want to see birdies coming down the stretch? Do you want to see guys struggling? Do you want to see volatility and chaos? I think this is... Um, well, I don't know. Is this a more chaotic? I, I mean, it's chaotic when everybody's just making a ton of birdies. That that's chaos too. So I, I, I like I like it this way. Um, but the other way, it definitely leaves Sunday in question. There's certainly an aspect of luck, Sia, which is I think what you know, when Greg says volatility, this is what I think of. I mean, if your team Morikawa Hovland and each of them make five birdies in a round but they make them on the same holes, they're five under. If they make them on opposite holes, they are 10 under. It, it, there is a bit of luck, uh, uh, quite a bit of it, I think, involved in just kind of how the scoring ends up shape, shaking out. Yeah, but then it comes down to what's the probability that you have two guys on, you know, with, with whatever pick you have that are going to be more inclined to make birdies on different holes, frankly, that can kind of hold their own and birdie, you know, without help, if you will. So, that's going to be what this DFS slate really comes down to is the team that is going to string together the most birdies. That's the team that's going to give themselves the most opportunity. In terms of DFS, here's how it looks. And, and uh, Jacob, can we share my screen just so we can get a feel for this here? So I've, I've created some tools for this, but I've got the stats loaded in as a team. And the way this works, Greg, is every single partner 
both pair, both individuals are the same price, but you are not going to be able to roster both of them. So if you click Morikawa's name, you're not going to also be able to enter one with Victor Hovland's name. You can't enter that lineup with two guys from the same team. And then no matter what happens, they're getting the same number of points. So again, in my example, if, if Morikawa makes 10 birdies, uh, and they use all 10 of those and Morikawa only makes one, it doesn't matter. These teams are getting the same number of points. So you've got to remember that when you're building your lineups. Yes. Uh, you're basically, you're drafting six teams. You're, you'll click on an individual, but you're drafting six teams. And I think that's the best way to do it. Um, I, I think there, there may have been a time when you, they were different price. Some of them are different price. You know that might have been. It, it, there, there was something like that. It was either like a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup contest or something where yeah. I remember being like the strategy is grab two teams. I cannot remember exactly what it was, but you're right. There was something like that. So um, this is this is the way to do it for this event. It makes the most sense. And you're only as strong as your weakest link, as Sia said. But it's still interesting to consider the individuals on your team because you, you can you can have there are some really misma- um, you know mismatched teams here and, and it, it affects the price. So are you looking for a balanced team? Are you looking for a team with a, a heavy hitter and maybe a guy that's a little bit less? It becomes a, a interesting strategy point. Well, we're going to talk about all those little things. We're going to go tier by tier through this pricing. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. And we're back. The $10,000 range, Sia. And again, these stats that you're looking at, rickrungood.com, and they're the combined stats. I can go do the individual stats, but these are for each team as well. Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, the favorites, they're 10,700. Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, they're 10,400. Our defending champions, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, are 10-2. And Billy Horschel, along with Sam Burns, round out the $10,000 tier. Sia, how do you start to assess the top of the board? It's again, when we talk about this elite range, it's so hard to distinguish one from the other. Obviously, you look at this and your eyes pop when you see Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. I mean, it's just one of those things where you're like, wow, I can't believe those two guys are paired together. And frankly, their cost, it's its not prohibitive. You know, I've, I've built a couple lineups. You can absolutely play that squad and still have plenty of money left over to build out a, a reasonably balanced lineup with with some stars up top. So I guess I'll say I like that the most. I mean, the short game can kind of get in the way. And I think, you know, you look at Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman, and it's almost like the sort of the opposite of, the, of that, at least when it comes to the short game. I got to tell you, though, the team that jumps out at me that that I don't want to get too far in the weeds with ownership here, but the team that jumps out at me that probably will be the, the least owned of these four is that $10,000 one, Billy Horschel and Sam Burns. And and I don't want to, I mean, we'll go down narrative street later, but but I do think there's something to be said 
for Billy Horschel and Sam Burns being together and, and having a certain dynamic about them that might be greater than the dynamic of some of these other guys in terms of like just the competitive atmosphere hole to hole. We know that about Billy Horschel. Um, I'm willing to assume that with Horschel, with Burns, I like that team quite a bit. So while I, I think Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa was certainly the most talented team, and I can make certainly make arguments for the other two in this elite range, I'm starting to lean towards uh, Billy and Sam. Before last year for the Burns Horschel team, which does start to you have to at some point, Greg, consider experience. Victor and Colin, obviously incredibly talented. It's their first time playing this format together. How much does that factor into your decision making? Uh, it factors in. Uh, absolutely. Now, I, I do think there are a number of cases of first time teams having success. You can look to Mark Leishman and Cam Smith just last year. It was Mark Leishman's first time playing in this event uh, as a team, and he he won. So I, I think you can win this event without having played together a lot. Um, but for some of the, you know, the, the biggest concern with Morikawa and Hovland, and they look, they both upgraded big time from their partners last year. Uh, um, Morikawa played with Wolf last year, who was really struggling, and it they missed the cut as a result. And, and it really showed in the alternate shot. And Victor Hovland played with Christopher Ventura last year, and they did all right, uh, but um, it was a tied 25th finish for them ultimately. So they have both really upgraded, and their partner is playing well right now, uh, and, and they're playing well right now, and it's uh, a very scary team. But I do think the Horschel-Burns team is the most interesting they, I mean, you look at what Billy Horschel has done this year, and it's it's phenomenal. You look at his record in this event, and it's, I mean, maybe more, it's phenomenal. He won it as an individual. He came and tied fourth last year uh, with Sam Burns. So I, I think this is a, a really formidable team. And the advantage that they have over Morikawa and Hovland, in my opinion, is they're better putters. I mean, Sam Burns has gained strokes in his last four events uh, on the greens. He's been a great putter for his whole career. And and Billy Horschel, he's gained in his last three uh, and four out of the last five. He's having a, a really nice putting year too. So those those two jump off the page to me. And I love, I love the savings as well. So the team of Horschel and Burns, they are the best putting team in the $10,000 range, gaining nearly half a stroke per round over the last 24. Uh, Billy Horschel, the only golfer who has won this as an individual and as a member of the team. Uh, Cam Smith has won it twice as part of a team, both those guys in the $10,000 range. Let's circle back up to the top here. Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Sia. This to me is kind of the safest team. They're both very well-rounded. They're one of the most well-rounded elite teams on the board. They didn't play particularly well. I think it was in round two last year the alternate shot i believe they were actually over par still finished t11 it feels like they're the safest team yeah i would agree i, I think that's definitely the safest team uh and and i don't have a problem playing them again when you're in this range you, you kind of have to you know pick and choose and drop teams that that you would otherwise play so for me i think they're honestly now that i think about it i think i like them better than than the top team there than colin and hovland so for me, if I'm ranking them, which you didn't ask for, but I would go Billy Horschel, Sam Burns, and then I'd go Xander and Patrick Cantlay. So Greg, are we just kind of, uh, I mean, the Aussies are kind of in an awkward spot here 
to the defending champions. Cam Smith did not play well last week. You can attribute whatever percentage of that you want to the Masters hangover. We like the price on Horschel Burns. We see the talent at the top. Is the Smith-Leishman group the overlooked group? Well, they certainly sound like it right now. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have some concerns with Mark Leishman, okay. and it, maybe they're not fair, but it, he lost six, you know, nearly six and a half shots in the Masters on the greens. And now, before that, and before the match play, he was putting great for a long time. And so, it, look, they the the greens at Augusta National and the greens uh, here in Louisiana are very different. And maybe that creates a little advantage for Mark Leishman. I don't have a problem with playing these two. I'm not worried about Cam Smith, especially on this golf course. It's not very penal off the tee. You can kind of hit it anywhere you want. They have a gel together that is um, that uh, that's strong. And and I I think Mark Leishman's a better putter than his his last two starts show. And then Cam Smith, I, I believe, is the best putter in the game. So that that's a really strong team that definitely deserves some spots. And I, I think their price is really fair. So, I mean, I almost like the bottom two teams in this range more than the top two teams in this range. Uh, although everybody is really strong. And I wouldn't say don't play any of these four teams. I, I think they're all worth playing. My personal preference, I mean, I might go backwards. I might go from from 10 flat up as my ranking one through four. Okay, well, let's keep on going down to the $9,000 range here. It's Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer at 9700 Shane Lowry, Ian Poulter, 95 Sergio Garcia, Tommy Fleetwood, 94 Joaquin Neiman, Amito Pereira, 9200 Then we finish it off with Max Home and Taylor Gooch, 91 And Bubba Watson alongside Harold Varner III at an even $9,000. Sia Najad, what do you like? So first of all, I think you can start in this range if you want to, if you just want to be different, because pricing is pretty soft as far as I can tell in, in my the limited lineups I've done. And, but w- with that said, I think people will definitely start with somebody in that 10K range, which I think is totally fine. I'm just suggesting that there's plenty of talent down here that could be really contending on Sunday afternoon, obviously. I think the the two or three teams I like the most are toward the bottom. Sergio and Tommy Fleetwood I like quite a bit. Sergio's game's been kind of, hmm. I mean, we we, we use the word variance a lot. And he, he's been erratic, especially on approach, which is kind of mysterious. He flashed on approach last time out. What's interesting, though, is that his putter, he's he's been okay with the putter over the last five, six tournaments, gaining in, in at least three of those. So I think Sergio and Fleetwood, I think their game is is maybe kind of in a really good place right now, but we're just not quite sure about them. So I think it's an interesting time to play them. The other two teams I like, uh, Neiman and Pereira, I think they're going to be pretty popular, but that's probably for a pretty good reason. I think they're good course fits here. And then Max Home and Taylor Gooch, I-, I think that's a pretty good price for 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 that team. And that's a team I'm probably going to be playing in a lot of my lineups. Yeah, the Sergio Fleetwood team is uh, fairly exciting. They finished runner-up together a couple of years ago. A lot of international experience between the two. Fleetwood's playing the best he has probably since the start of 2020. And Sergio was going through a little bit of an approach slump, but hopefully has kind of uh, swung his way out of that. Greg, how do you begin to assess this $9,000 range? I love the Garcia Fleetwood lineup. Uh, and and again, that, that would be my one-and-done team if I hadn't played Sergio Garcia already. So I, I love that team. And I think Sergio maybe uh, found something at the Masters. You mentioned that approach play slump, but he gained 
6.8 strokes at, at the Masters. Yeah. And, and you know his DNA as a player is a lot better than the five straight events where he lost strokes approaching the green before the Masters. But maybe maybe he found something in his iron play the way Patrick Cantlay did. Patrick Cantlay was in an iron play slump, gained strokes at the Masters, and then led the field the very next week, uh, at, last week, uh, at the RBC Heritage. So that could be an interesting thing. Sergio was putting really well heading into the match play. Uh, I think that's a um, that that's a really good thing. And Tommy Fleetwood, last week uh, on this show, I was very high on him because I feel like Tommy Fleetwood is becoming to the Tommy Fleetwood of old. And I love the recent finishes, and and he's he's a formidable player. Uh, and I think he's ready this year to contend in majors again. Uh, and and this event seems to be a place he is very happy. He really enjoys this. And I expect those two to have a, a really nice duel. But I want to I, I don't want to go without mentioning Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer. Um, Ryan Palmer is like I mean, he's like the John Calpari of recruiting and golf. <laughs> and it, it's uh, it, it's really amazing what he's done. He had Jordan Spieth for two years. He had John Rahm for two years. Now he's got Scotty Scheffler. I guess John Rahm didn't do enough to keep the the teammate. I don't know how Ryan Palmer's created this, but it works. It, it absolutely works. And although his play has been poor, I think he would admit that it's been poor. Um, I, I don't think he's useless by any means and when you play with the scotty scheffler that could really uh, um up your energy levels three trips to the zurich as a member of a team for ryan palmer he's missed one cut but a fourth place finish a victory and a seventh place finish in his other three results it is actually not colin and victor not cam and mark but over the last 24 rounds the best combined team shane lowry and ian poulter 1.41 strokes gained per round. A lot of that admittedly coming from Shane Lowry's run here, Sia, but you combine that with Poulter, who we know can get a hot putter, can make a lot of noise in some of these different types of formats. Where does Lowry and Poulter rank on your list? Actually, I, I like them as well. I definitely think you can start your build there. Obviously, we know what Shane Lowry's done, but Poulter hasn't been that bad. We know he's he's probably going to be pretty good in, in this sort of this type of format, but the approach play, it, while it's been erratic, it's it's been okay. It's like a little uh, hot and cold. The short game's been pretty good, and that's certainly going to come into play here. So I don't mind this team at all. I think it's really sneaky. What else in this $9,000 range, Sia? Um, anybody you're worried about? Anybody you, you wouldn't consider playing? You know, I, I don't think... I mean, famous last words. I probably said this two weeks ago, too. I don't think I'm going to play Team Scotty Scheffler, even though, you know, vice president of the Ryan Palmer fan club as well. I just don't think I'm going to get there with Ryan Palmer. Um, I, they, they're probably going to do fine. I just like other teams. Uh, Bubba Watson and Harold Varner, I think, is really interesting. I don't mind that team, but again, I don't think I'm going to play them because there's only so many I can like in this 9K range. And the three teams I like the best are probably the three teams above Bubba and HV3. Final word, Greg, on the $9,000 range. Anybody else you want to talk about? Oh, Sorry. There we go. I feel like we've talked about everybody um, in, in this range, but uh, just to add on the, the Bubba and HV3 team, HV3, who's a great ball striker, has been put in really well of late. And I, I really like that aspect. You combine that with Bubba's course history. 
um, the the fact that you can kind of hit it anywhere off the tee around here, and it could be a it could be really advantageous for a Bubba Watson. He won here as an individual back in 2011, uh, and and he he got his one team appearance here. He's got a T8, so I, I really like Bubba here as well too. I mean, this probably not quite a Bubba course. But I think that could be a formidable team. I'm I'm kind of with Sia, where I, I like the Garcia Fleetwood team so much. Uh, it's hard to leave Scotty Scheffler off, um, and and I think um, Lowry and Poulter is a little interesting to me. I'm wor- a little worried about Shane Lowry with his his ball striking performance on Sunday. I'm wondering if something happened there that's going to last, or if that was just a bad day. So I still kind of sit on the fence on that, and it probably pushes me away from that team. Um, but yeah, I don't think you should sleep on Watson and and uh, Varner. All right, well, let's continue on into the eight thousand dollar range and below. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick Six, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and RJ White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick Six has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. And we're back. Sizable $8,000 range here, so I'm just going to try to go through them quickly. The top is Zalatoris and Riley, Willett Henhatton, Sung J.M. Benion, Graham McDowell, Seamus Power. The middle is Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele, along with Pat and Kazire and J.T. Poston. Then we round it out with Sepp Straka, along with Grayson Sig, Brandon Todd and Chris Kirk, Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose. Finally, with Hadwin, Svensson, they're together, Martin Laird, Robert McIntyre. That's the $8,000 range. Sia, what do you see? This is a really tough range because there's not a lot of teams I'm really in love with. So I think whatever team you invest in here, you're just going to have to, you're taking some chances. I mean, that's just the bottom line. That The security that you have in the 9K range and above is just not there here. The first team I had my eyes on was Danny Willen, uh, excuse me, Danny Willett and Terrell Hatton. You know, Willett's game's been, he's flashed here and there, like round by round. But overall, the strokes gain metrics, I think particularly on approach, it's been pretty bad. And so that worries me a little bit. Like, as we can see here watching on YouTube, there's not a lot he's doing well other than, you know, the short game is, has been pretty good. With all of that said, I think Willett and Hat- Hatton are pretty sneaky. And as far as this 8K range goes, that's a team I'm willing to take a chance on. The other team I'm willing to take a chance on is, and this is a guy who's flashed a little bit lately and might be an okay course fit, Graham McDowell and Seamus Power. Um, Obviously, Graham McDowell's stats aren't going to flash to anybody. Whether you're looking at tee to green, ball striking, it's it's just none of it is great. But I think he can can actually be successful on this course. And we know Seamus Power has been really good as of late in terms of just the ball striking and the tee to green has been pretty good. Uh, that's a team I like. The only other team I would even consider, and I'm not really there yet with them, is Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk. The McDowell Power Group has my attention. Uh, McDowell's been probably fine or less than fine, but he's never going to get you in trouble off the tee. And he's got three straight top 25s at this event. Seamus Power has two top 10s in his last three trips. They're both very good team players. Now they get to team up and kind of, uh, put their powers together, uh, pun intended. Greg, 
How do you start to break down the $8,000 range? Well, um, this is where we have that situation I talked about earlier in the show where you have a, a star and a not star, at least yet. Cool. And yeah. that's Will Will Zalatoris and Davis Riley. Nice, yeah, okay. right. I mean, they're they're um, a very interesting to me. Is playing on a team going to really inspire Davis Riley, who has the we saw the talent at the at the Valspar. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He just, he hasn't been great on the PGA Tour af- after, and he wasn't great before. He's been very inconsistent. You see the ups and downs on the greens. So it gives me a little worry, but I, I wonder if uh, Will Zalatoris can carry that team. So they are interesting to me, but they're not my favorite play. My two favorite plays, uh, Ben On and Sung J M. Yeah. And um, and the reason I like that, Ben On has been playing Corn yeah. Ferry Tour events, but he came and tied second at the Veritex Bank Championship last week. And I, I think that's really valuable. He won not long ago on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, back in February. And I, I think confidence, it doesn't matter where it comes from. We, we've we seen confidence be built at an event like this, which you may think doesn't really mean that much to players, but it, it means a lot to their game. And playing in a Corn Ferry Tour event, while it may be, you know, you feel like you've taken a step down, when you can step up and put some good rounds together and go shoot 62 like Ben on did last week, you're, you're feeling good about your game. So I, I like that, and and I think Sung J M is a really strong partner for him as well, who's been playing great golf. Seems to have found something again with the ball striking. Uh, and then the other team that I really like is Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk. Um, Brendan Todd is an elite putter, as we know. Uh, he played well at the Valero. He played well at the RBC last week in his last two starts. Uh, I love what he does on the greens, and you combine that with Chris Kirk, and you, I mean, you click on his name on RickRungood.com, and it's it is amazing how well this guy's been hitting the ball. I mean, the the whole upper left column is the upper left three columns are green. I mean, that, that looks really nice for a Chris Kirk and at 8,200. I think that's a, a fairly priced team. So those would be my two favorites, but I, I, I may take a chance on Zalatoris and Riley. Uh, countless bulldogs in this range here. Todd Kirk, uh, George Bulldog, Sepstraka, Grayson Sig. We've got Team Nopa, the ultimate Team Nopa of Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele. Got a couple of, uh, let's see, uh, where uh, where did Davis Riley go to school? Alabama. Okay, I, I knew it was like uh, SEC, right? That's an SEC school. Yeah, yeah. Um, roll t- he's Roll Tide. Roll Tide, got it. Stenson and Rose going back out there for another go at it. That did not go well for them. Uh, I think it was last year. No, and it, it usually does go well when they pair up. Um, uh, I don't feel like their games are in great shape. What else is here? What about the Adams? Hadwin and Svensson, a couple of Canadian Adams. Anybody? Can I tell you those? I don't mind yeah. it. Yeah, I, I like I like it quite a bit. Um, I mean, Svensson has been a little hot and cold, but it, he has ability. I, re- I really like that team. I mean, any team Adam Hadwin's on now. Uh, I'm in for, of course. Just kind of looking through here. It's interesting. I mean, look at what Adam Hadwood has done this year is amazing. Yeah, it, it it happened. Like what I saw when my fandom of Adam Hadwin came to fruition. It, it happened a year late. <laughs> it was one year. One year later, it happened, and that's okay. But I, I think that to me, in my eyes, there's a there's a real growth with him. 
it took longer than I expected, a lot longer than I expected, but it it's here. It makes me feel good about my analysis. Um, it just I just wish it was, you know, last year and this year. For sure. Unbelievable iron play from him. Already a, a good putter. Comfy little pairing with Svensson. We'll see how it goes. $7,000 range. I'm not going to read them all. See ya. There's a ton of names here. And this is where I think I think things start to drop off. There's a couple of teams I've got my eye on, but it starts with a couple of South Africans. Uh, Charles Schwartzel, Christian Bezano goes all the way down to Tom Hoagie and Paul Barjan, Nick Watney and Charlie Hoffman, Alex Smalley, Hayden Buckley. They're the bottom of the 7K range. So what do you see here? Yeah, towards the top, I'll tell you, Streb and Merritt, I think, is really interesting because I don't think they're going to be super popular. Those are just not names that people are going to gravitate to. And they've both been playing really well. I mean, if you if you just I mean, especially Streb, when you look at his ball striking, particularly on approach, Streb has been really, really good. And Troy Merritt has been finding a way a lot lately. So I think that's just kind of an under the radar team that you can take a look at. As you pull the the stats up for Streb, and I want to say I looked at these earlier today, but I was I mean, look at the approach stats are pretty great. The short game, you know, could use some work, but overall the ball striking is great. The short game could use some work is the title of my autobiography. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's uh, quite common. Okay. So who is Streb and who's his partner here? Streb is with Troy Merritt. Okay. Got it. Sorry, so I, I like those guys kind of as a sneaky play. I think another potentially sneaky play or maybe just a, a, a lesser owned play. I could be wrong about that is Maverick McNeely and Joseph Bramlett. We saw what Maverick McNeely did on Sunday at the uh, RBC Heritage. And I don't want to just relegate my analysis to, to how he popped. I believe it was seven under yesterday. But Bramlett can flash here and there. And we know Maverick McNeely is a great golfer. I think at 7,700, you're getting some value with some upside with this team. I think maybe one other team or maybe two other teams. Real quick here on Bram. The one thing that he has is an elite skill set, which is bombing it, right? He is just going to absolutely bomb. He's like sixth on tour in driving distance. He moves it in an unbelievable way. I don't know. Sometimes I think that having one elite skill set like that um, in kind of a team event or some of these wonky events, it's, it's, it's fairly valuable. And then McNeely, I just think is awesome. Fair enough. And so the other two teams, I, I think I should mention Brian Stewart and Russell Knox. Uh, Stewart, we know has had success on this course, but I, I also think they're, you know, decent course fits here. I think it's a pretty good team at 7,500. And then the last one, another kind of sneakier play. And this, this is one that could absolutely crash and burn, but these guys can really pop. And I think that's what you're looking for here, especially at 7,400 Aaron Rye and David Lipsky. Um, Rick, I, you know, I remember you were on the, the Lipsky train some time ago. And, and if, if memory serves, it was Jacob who was on the Aaron Rye train a long time ago as, as a choice for his one and done last year. But we know these guys have, have really flashed as of recently. And we've seen it in the, in the, like really in the last few tournaments where we see some of that upside. And I think that's what we have here at 7,400. Yeah. Jacob used Aaron Rye at some point in the one and done, which uh, that's right. is always exciting. Okay, Greg, huge massive $7,000 range. Where are you targeting? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's honestly hard to sort through. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in the Taylor Moore, Matthew Neesmith team. Yeah. I think Taylor Moore, although he hasn't been playing great, has some ability to pop. Um, I, I really like what Matthew Neesmith brings to the table with his iron play and, and mm-hmm. his recent form. I think that's quite interesting. Uh, Norin has been playing such good golf lately. He's interesting with Norlander. Um, and and Brown and Kisner have my interest as well. 
Um, Kevin what's, Kisner. What's Brown been up to? I'll pull that up. Nothing. Like, yeah. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> but I, I just wonder if, I mean, look, he's a, a, a longtime PGA tour player and there are some events he's done well here in the past. And I wonder if he and kids can, can ha- get a little, uh, a little thing going here and, and get something together uh, as a, as a duo. So I, I like the McNeely Bramlett team as well. Um, I, I don't mind a Wyndham Clark and a Cameron Tringale. Wyndham Clark is erratic. He bombs it kind of like Bramlett. Uh, and and Cameron Tringale is a little more steady. I think they could be interesting. So, look, there's a lot of names I mentioned there. I don't really love any of them. I'm going to have to play some of them. Um, but I, I think this is where you can add a little volatility into your lineup and get some match some, match some skill sets. And, and you're looking for, at least I'm looking for the ability to really pop more so than safety. But I don't mind having a safe guy and a really volatile guy. So th- this is um, kind of a crazy range as well. The $7,000 range, believe it or not, is home to two of the four worst teams over the last 24 rounds. So objectively, kind of the most mispriced teams in the wrong way. Nick Watney and Charlie Hoffman are $7,000. They are losing a stroke around combined over the last 24. Brandon Grace, Garrett Higo, the fourth worst, losing nearly nine tenths of a stroke per round at 7,300. So considering how weird golf is, uh, one of those two teams probably ends up winning this thing. Yeah, I, I looked at the Grace and Higo team and I was like, oh, that's a good, that could be a good team. Just on the eye and you click on it. It's like, wow, Garrett Kigo, what what is going yeah. on? What happened? Yeah. What, right? They've really, really struggled. So maybe maybe getting a, a team together allows you to pop. I hate going on that. Like the maybe hypothetical situation. It, yeah, it's like you've been so bad that maybe a format change can't get any worse. Right. right. That's, a tough, that's a tough right. argument. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a little more pressure and Hey, Garrick is, I'm just making this up, but maybe he's struggling after winning because he's complacent. And now all of a sudden you bring on Brandon Grace, who I'm sure Garrick Higo looks up to. And he says, okay, I want to play. I want to play really well for Brandon. I don't want to let this, I I don't want to play like I've been playing. And he figures something out. It's sometimes a, a team element can inspire that, but, it just feels like it, it's not fun playing that strategy. Mm. So I, I, I see a, a little bit of a light there, but I hate it. <laughs> I see the light. And I hate it. Uh, <laughs> $6,000 range at the top. Patrick Rogers, Brandon Wu, Richie Warinsky, Peter Uline made a deep run last year. Top five. Scott Piercy, Sean O'Hare. Then the min priced guys in the 160 man team event. Oh boy. Uh, Scott. Guchewski, Guchewski, how does he pronounce it? Do we Guchewski, know? I think it's Guchewski. And DA points, they're together. Uh, Bill and Jay Haas are together. How about that little uh, Papa Bear, Baby Bear uh, action going on? 6,100, Tommy Ganey, Robert Garrigus. We are deep, my friends. Uh, see ya. How deep would you like to go? I do want to point out that at the Valero, uh, Guchewski or Gucheski, I should say, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he gained over two strokes ball striking and, and 3.82 on approach. I mean, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I would. So here's the thing. 
this range is probably a range you want to stay away from. I'm mean, keep in mind it's it's top 33. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's top 33 in ties that that will advance out of the 80 teams. I just don't think you're going to see a lot from this 6K range. And if you do, I think it's going to be really really random. It's hard for me to narrow down a, a couple teams, but I'll pick out a couple. I think Patrick Rogers and Brandon Wu have a shot to make the cut and and, and score some points. Um, Jim Herman and Vaughn Taylor. I'm I'm kind of a you know, that's 6,400. It's just a t- I, sometimes when Jim, Her- Jim Herman and Vaughn Taylor, them playing well at the same time is extremely unlikely. But again, if for, for whatever reason you have to dip down into that range, I get it. I wanted to justify Adam Long and Bo Hogue, but I couldn't because Bo Hogue just really, you know, he flashed a little bit last year, but he just hasn't done anything lately to make me think he can make the cut here. I, I can't go with Lebiota and Chase Seifert. There's just not much for me to choose from down here. I mean, there's what, 30 teams, 25, 30 teams in the $6,000 range. Six of them combined are gaining strokes to the field. Six. Every other team in the $6,000 range is losing strokes to the field. And it makes sense, Greg. I mean, we've got a big field. It's it's 160. So instead of like the 132 that we get or the 140, it's 160. So you're going to get you're going to get some guys here and and we've got some guys in the 6k range we got to figure out. Yeah, it, it's it's not a fun range to try to sort through. But hey, look, in in the sea of red that you're seeing on the screen on YouTube here, there's opportunity. So I like the Rod. Uh, I like Rogers and Wu. I think that's a fair team. I I'd play them, uh, and I'd be you know fifty three percent confident. So I I like that team. And there's one other team that that catches my eye, and it's uh, Mark Hubbard and Ryan Bram. Yeah, and Mark Hubbard has been playing some Corn Ferry Tour events. He has three straight top twelves. Yeah, and again that can be a sign of confidence. Um, I'm. Maybe you're not you're not winning these events. You're not right. But in order to finish it, tied twelfth at the Veritex Bank, you got to shoot really low rounds. I mean that the scores at that event were crazy. Remember that like nineteen under par through three rounds. So to keep up to some degree means you're hitting some good shots. And then Ryan Brem is just extremely long. He has he won the Puerto Rico Open, which is great. Uh, and he has only a tied 66 cents. He's missed three of his last four cuts after that, but he bombs it. And so maybe leaning a little bit on a, uh, on a, a unique skill set could be a, a, an avenue uh, beyond that. There's not much I like. I, w- I will say that, that Richie Warinsky hasn't been as bad as people think. Peter uline has been pretty good, both in his corn Ferry events and, and his PGA tour events in terms of making the cut. But I think that team is, you know, they're not formidable. But if you're looking for a team because you have to dip down there to to make the cut of the 6K range, I definitely think that's a team. And they're, they're priced accordingly. I think that's one of the teams that likely makes it out of the 6K range. Yeah, Uline finished runner-up a couple weeks ago in the Cord Ferry Tour. He's made uh, five straight cuts across both circuits. He's playing well. I mean, just compared to the other teams, I think objectively, Warinsky and Uline are playing better than most. I think Hubbard and Brem, and I think even, you know, Sia kind of shrugged off Adam Long and Bo Hogan. I get it, but like, I honestly think you could do a lot worse. I think you could do... Uh, Kyle Stanley and Camilo Vijegas are like uh objectively the worst team in this field <laughs> ouch 
And, and, and by the way, for the record, uh, Rick, it was, you're right. It was um, Richie Wierenski. He's, he's been doing the PGA tour. It was Peter Uline. I, I think I might've uh, mixed those two guys up, but it was Peter Uline. Who's been playing some corn Ferry and some PGA tour events, but ouch on Kyle Stanley uncalled for, sir. <laughs> I just, got, I got to tell you a quick Peter Uline story. You have I can't believe he's down in. Yeah. Sweet. I can't believe we're down in this range talking about these guys. And it's like, I, I had a chance to play nine holes with Peter Uline at medalist. We, he just like joined, he just joined us uh, on the first tee and he is so good. He is on. I played a great nine holes of golf and I, at, on the first nine at medalist, I shot 37 in 20 mile an hour wins and he's messing around and shoots 32 and it just it looked so easy there there's no effort or thought about the golf it's just it was it's amazing to watch he's hitting a five iron from 230 and it's like like scotty scheffler said it's just a five iron and it, it it's amazing that you get down into this range and you look at these guys and say they're the worst team and it's like they're bad they are so good and Peter Uline can't even keep a you know a regular PGA Tour card. He's unbelievable to watch hit a golf ball. Uh, describe how Peter Uline. So like Peter Uline shows up at medalist. Now he's obviously not Tiger Woods, where he shows up and everyone's like, okay, obviously that's Tiger. Does he have to be like, hey, I'm Peter Uline. Here's my tour card. I'm just like I can go out. No. Like how, what's, how does that work? No, he's a member. So there, those guys have there's some kind of membership deal where they. Um, I, I think they don't have to pay initiation fees and they, mm-hmm. they're on like a one year deal and they pay dues. Um, I believe, um, I, I hope I'm not giving away club secrets, but I'm just, I, I'm pretty sure that's the way that it works and they can kind of come and go as they please. But for Peter, everybody knows everybody's name. It's not like, Oh, there's Peter. You lo- who, who are you? I need to see a PGA tour credential. And it's a, it, it's a, a different kind of feel there. Everybody knows everybody. Oh, um, did you did you know he was coming or did he just show up on the first tee and you're like, oh, hey, what's up, Peter? Well, I know he's on property. I didn't know he was coming over to the first tee. Okay. You know, we're going out to play. I played like every day. I had this great job. I was uh, I was director of player services. So I drive. I, I was a marshal. You drive around. So there's a a slow group out there, and somebody wants to find a place to go. It's, hey, why don't you jump over to 13, mm-hmm. and then you can play, you know, this loop, and kind of keep everybody moving. That was my job. But I got done at four o'clock every day, so I worked from like nine to four or something, eight to four. I, I think it was eight to four every day, and I pl- I got done with work. Maybe at three forty-five, I'd be down in the cart barn, get getting dr- changed, mm-hmm. clock out, go. I'm on the first tee at four ten every day. It was awesome. Hey, Tiger, pick it up. Peter Uline's coming through. Yeah, is that what you had? Well, to say? I, I, Rick, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm, I'm curious. Like, Greg, did you also have to tell like slow groups to speed it up? Because I don't, you don't strike. And yeah. this is not a criticism. You don't strike me as super confrontational. Like somebody's giving you pushback. How, how do you handle that? No, that's always a fun experience. I'm not confrontational. And look, these are people, there are tour players there that we all know, but the the guys that are there we don't know are, you know, important. They're really important, established, extremely successful people. And, you know, they're out there with guests 
who knows who they are. And I, I'm not going to tell them to speed it up. I may say, guys, if, you know, there's a couple groups waiting behind you. If you, in a very courteous way, mm-hmm. if you could uh, pick it up a little bit, or maybe we could let somebody play through. But for the most part, if somebody complained to me today, hey, that group, they're playing really slow. I would do a drive by. I'd say, Hey, how you do? I'd talk to him for a second. Nice. And I would just say, can I get you anything? And then drive away. And then the group thinks I, that I talked to him. And yeah. Or and at least the group no that's slow knows that you're there. Like, okay, maybe, hey, I'll yeah. pay attention. And just to for the pace of uh, pace of play police out here, the this is not slow. Like the slow groups are playing in four hours and people are complaining about it. You know, they, they expect to play fast. But for the most part, it's either so busy, there's nothing I can do, and and there's nowhere to go, okay. and it's just slow on a, like a Saturday in the middle of March. And then the other option is it's not that slow and I'm everybody's willing to move around. Nobody's set on playing one through 18. So you just move them over, find a little loop. All right. They're going to, and you get a game plan together. So there was no confrontation. There was not one confrontational moment that I had in my one year doing that job. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, we're going to find some confrontational moments here because I think Sia is going to reveal his uh, narrative. Is it a lineup of the week or are these just uh, targets of the week? So it's just targets. I mean, I actually made a lineup with this narrative, but when when the options are plentiful, I just give like however many options there are out there. Actually, I'm sure there are more with this narrative, but um, sometimes it's a lineup. Sometimes it's just it's just uh, a handful of, of names or teams in this case. Okay, so team event. 80 groups of two, what narrative, um, and we're in New Orleans, maybe that's part, what narrative are we going with this week? Well, team event indeed, pairs of two, and I'm sure you all remember where you were. I know I'll never forget where I was when Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck announced that they were getting back together. I think that was just this last week. Huge moment, Rick, right? Together. Oh, you didn't know that? Wow. Talk, talk to Mina. I'm sure I'm she knows. I'm not even sure I knew they were not together. <laughs> no, I knew no well, because I knew Jennifer Lopez was with Alex Rodriguez. Yes, that's she over. Was with, I guess, and I guess now he, she's back with Ben. She is back with Ben. It's big news, Correct. and you know everybody refers to them. I like. I try to be topical here, right? Everybody refers to them as Benifer. I got to admit, I got this idea off off Twitter. Somebody sort of fed me this idea, and then I came up with the teams. But it is topical. Benifer is what they're referred to. So I came up with some fun names. For some teams, you know, you got to come. Yeah, you got to combine the first names and it's, it kind of rolls off the tongue, that kind of thing. So okay. uh, should I start? I got nine names here. Yeah. Fire. Give us like three so that we can like ease into this and we can figure and like I can figure out what's going on. Hmm, OK, because I'm starting from the top down. So and it ends in this in in the 7000 flat range. Okay. Uh, Ian Poulter and Shane Lowry. That, of course, is Cheyenne. Kind of kind of cool. Uh, Sergio Garcia, Tommy Fleetwood. Tergio. Huh? Pretty solid. That's a Phil Collins reference for you guys okay. that are older than Greg and wow. Rick. I have um, to here. On these uh, head. <laughs> Greg, Greg, what season is it? Spring. Wrong. It is tax season. Max Homa and Taylor Gooch. Tax. Short and sweet. That's that's three. You I like team tax. Moments? I like that. How about? Uh, okay, keep going. I guess. Well, right below them, of course, is Bubba and Harold. And you got to go with Hubba Hubba right there. Yeah, uh, we got we got Graham McDowell and Seamus Power. I kind of like this one. Gramus. 
kind of rolls off the tongue. You got that hard consonant okay. in the beginning. Wyndon Clark and Cameron Tringale, Camden, kind of like that. Rolls okay. off the tongue. It's a uh, mostly a, a girl's name. I think it's kind of one of those trendy names that, that are coming out right now for um for the young ones. Russell Knox and Brian Stewart, Brussel. Who doesn't like Brussel? Aaron Rye and David Lipsky, Darren, David and Aaron, Darren. And then we do have one more. And this one actually pays homage to our esteemed producer. And I, I'm not sure if any of you or Jacob can figure this one out. It Anyone? pays homage to Jacob? It pays homage to Jacob. Mm. Oh, he's on. The I got it. And I and it's totally not because you told me before we started this show up. It's Hayden Buckley and Alex Smalley. That's Alex that's, right there. Yes. That's last name. Ah. Alex. How about that? So those are the nine. Wow. Cheyenne, Turgio, Tax, Hubba, Gramis, Camden, Brussel, Darren, and of course, Team Alex. All right. Can I get we uh, rock, rock bottom here? Can I get Hayden, <laughs> yeah, Hayden Buckley and Alex Smalley's money for one and done this week too? On top of my other pick, I sure. dare you. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. Okay. <laughs> well, let me uh, hold on, well, Jacob. There's a comment here. Let me clear up some uh, one and done stuff. I'm looking for the comment. Gosh, there's a lot of comments. I guess that's a good problem to have. Uh, here's what's happening. You're burning both players. That's the rules. Yep. Someone was like, oh, if the rules change, there are no rules. We're making them up as we go along. You're, we're burning two golfers. We're getting one amount of money. The The top prize is $1.2 That's what you can earn. You got to burn both so the fans cannot choose Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer because, Jacob, they have used, correct, Scotty at the match play. Mm -hmm. Correct. That's exactly okay. right. So you gotta That's you gotta start running down and figure yeah. it out. I had some names already I had to eliminate because you're sitting there and you're like, oh darn, I did take Adam Hadwin earlier this year. The other really hard thing is like you go Morikawa and Hovland. The best you can do for Morikawa and Hovland is six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's why you, right? I think that, you can't burn them, right? I mean, you're losing two guys, so it, it's that's a tough burn their strategy their strategy There's it's actually harder for the fans than it is for us like i'm just not going to be able to play anybody at the top anyway the fans actually have a decision to make right but it benefits them at the same time they also just vote they have a lot of options they just have a voting share <laughs> yeah you know all of this yeah they got a share one out of a couple hundred or whatever it ends up being it's like that's well that's your vote good luck yeah and the in the works we'll figure out how to how to make the fan vote you know a, an nft or whatever whatever the heck it is nice yeah you know, we'll get in on that that money grab i think we missed out on it honestly that thing's like like nfts have they're like uh, are they still a thing <laughs> i have no idea actually <laughs> no comment so. we're gonna get the bots in the chat <laughs> uh, yeah don't tweet about nfts it's outrageous the amount of like dms and like replies and stuff that you get from all the bots uh gentlemen team event very unique because we're going foursomes four ball etc etc any final thoughts before we get out of town uh we got a question in the chat bradley and steel wrote i mean team no putt worries me it worries me in this event I think they're going to, I think those two are flying too close to the sun. Not be. Yeah. I mean, it, it's both of them. They're both great ball strikers and both not great putters. Yeah. I love those guys, but not together. <laughs> like mm. it seems so dangerous here. 
This is the opposite of ham and egg. So it worries me a little bit. What is the opposite of ham and egg? Spam and it, it's that's up to Sia. Maybe he can come up with something. <laughs> I, I I got nothing. The opposite of ham and eggs. Waffles. Waffles. All right. Uh, make sure your vote gets in because we are going live on Tuesday morning for the mega preview pod. And that is when we will tally all the votes and we will announce the one and done selections. Then of course, round by round recaps after each and every round this week. But for now, let me give a big thanks to producer. Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. See Najad available on Twitter at see Najad. Greg Ducharme can be found at the real GFD and you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.